Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, good to see you today. It's great to see you, Dr. Paul. Great, and uh, we, we want to, in a way, review a little bit about what went on at the meeting at the Dulles Airport uh, last weekend, which we found to be uh, very, very well attended and a lot of enthusiasm. But we want to talk a little about uh, what Jeff Deist wrote, and he's of course the president of the Mises Institute and had uh, worked for me in my congressional office for a good many years. But uh, he, he, wrote, he wrote an article in detail, a very, uh, a very intellectual article, and, but he, he sort of had a, a conclusion there that, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the big state, the power of the state is unraveling and uh, things are, aren't going as well as they should from their viewpoint, but maybe from our point, it'll be a little bit different. The unraveling of the centralized power uh, can't be bad. And uh, that's, that's sort of his theme in many ways about how things, uh, uh, how, what that points out. Of course, we've been saying that the, that the state uh, doesn't deserve uh, as much credibility as he has. But right now, I think uh, uh, when you look at what's happening in the world and in our country and our foreign policy, monetary policy, things aren't uh, going all that well uh, for those who believe in uh, centralized power. And he, he makes this case for this, and it's uh, very fascinating because I, I uh, take his article conclusion as a positive sign rather than panicking some people who depend on the state and the checks and uh, the government to take care of them. Yes, they're not going to be too happy. So the people with their hands out might say, hey, you know, maybe I'll have to take a job instead of just receiving those checks. Who knows? But uh, I found the article uh, quite revealing. Chris? Yes, Dr. Paul. Uh, I'm going to start by quoting our friend Jeff. Uh, he said, quote, we've learned that all crises are local. For 18 months, it has mattered very much whether you live in Florida or New York, whether you live in Sweden or Australia, and the physical analog world reasserted itself with vengeance. No matter where you are, no matter how rich you may be, you must exist in corporal, corporal reality. And what a great truth that is, because each and every one of us we exist right where we are physically and only where we are all the time. And the great mistake that people have always made throughout history is to throw away that reality and put upon themselves the fantasy that they are to fix or control everywhere else that they are not. You know, they think those people over there are broken and I must fix them. Or even worse in today's, you know, fantasy, the world is broken and I need to fix it. And this mentality is what produces the great disasters throughout human history. Massive death, unlike uh, anything else. And you know, the US government was not supposed to take on this role. It wasn't supposed to make this mistake. It wasn't designed to remake the world or remake the American people as it's trying to do today. But it did go down that road, starting or especially around the 1900s in what you know, amazingly is called the progressive era. You know, it's the exact opposite. And the failures of this centralized power that began during that time are coming in so rapidly now uh, that it's, you know, it's boggling so many people's minds. 
You know, and I think what uh, I sense from his point that he's making here is that uh, it's a natural state uh, to be local and to take care of things uh, because I think it recognizes and indicates the, per the, uh, the spe uh, special benefits of personal liberty and personal decisions and that uh, there is a tendency by those who want more power and more transfer of wealth to gravitate to the cities or promote the cities, promote a system of government where lobbyists become more important than producers. You know, in the early part of our history, it was, uh, you know, all the producers that were creating the jobs and actually encouraged people to move to the city because the jobs were there. But it also brought the bad things of government. It became not so much that somebody was an entrepreneur and would seek, uh, seek out uh, an idea and, and produce and provide jobs. It was, a, it was there to, uh, uh, you know, invite the people in. And finally, though, it invites the lobbyists to take over. Lobbyists become very important when you have a gravitation of power in a central, central area. And that's what, what has happened. And, uh, of course, this introduces the notion that things become artificial when it's, when it's local, when it's the family, when it's the community, uh, then different decisions will be made. I think they're much more efficient. But once you get into uh, the issue of money, uh, you know, money can be universally used if it's agreed upon by the people, such as a standard of money that's honest and made of metal. But once you get into the system of fiat money, then that's a different ball game. The power mongers then uh, can manipulate the politicians by, by uh, you know, by influence, and then uh, they get benefits from it. So then you end up with the uh, military-industrial complex versus a whole lot more. But I think Jeff's point, from the way I see it, is yes, that may have worked, and and it may be still around to a degree. But what we're seeing, or as he describes it, is the 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 finishing of this. And I uh, alluded uh, to this situation when I say the bankrupt bankruptcies here. You know, uh, morally and politically and uh, economically, we're we're bankrupt, and the system doesn't work anymore. And instead of you know throwing up your hands and say how horrible, how horrible the socialists will be here, the socialists will be here, is to recognize what it is. Because I think uh, Jeff, as as well as most libertarians, realize how we got into this mess and what we're endorsing but at the same time uh, I think this movement is very significant the collapse of the central power and the opening up uh, to the alternatives but I think that we also have to have a lot of consideration because if this continues there will be a much greater disintegration especially with a monetary crisis of the central government because they won't be able to just print money and everybody will accept it so this uh, this is I think uh, you know very very good but I think we also have to spend time which we try to do on this program is uh, offer the alternative you don't want a total vacuum because some other type of authoritarian maybe a more ruthless authoritarian might come in and take take advantage of the situation so I think we have to think of, of the excitement of the disintegration of central power in this country but we also have to give a lot of consideration what we might do to make sure we move in the direction of personal liberty excellent dr. Paul uh, that's why the ideas of liberty are critical it's it's not just to point out the bad we have to replace it with the good 
I'm going to continue by um, quoting Jeff again. He said during our conference, a kind of centrifugal forces at work. Here in the U.S., people are self-segregating, both ideologically and geographically, in what we should think of as a kind of soft secession. A recent survey by United Van Lines confirms what we already know. People are fleeing California, New York, New Jersey, and Illinois for Texas, Idaho, Florida, and Tennessee. This is simple flight from dysfunction of big cities and unworkable progressive policies. And what he is spelling out that is happening in America has always happened around the world. People flee tyranny for freedom. That's what made America so attractive. People came here from all over the world, not to visit Niagara Falls or eat at McDonald's or to go to a Yankee game. They came here for freedom. And the same thing is applying today. The difference is now it's within America that Americans are fleeing for freedom and they're leaving, uh, you know, tyrannical states for, uh, for freer states, tyrannical counties for freer counties. So freedom is an innate part of everyone on this earth. You know, that's why we're always fleeing from tyranny. And when governments try to abolish that freedom, they're trying to abolish human nature and it'll never happen. You know, this emphasizes the whole principle of choice. And choice, the word choice gets thrown around a lot. And sometimes it's used against freedom of choice to be yourself and pick and choose whatever you want to do. Uh, and in this case, I think this is what's going on. The choices are being made. The authoritarians don't like it, but the choice becomes overwhelming, even though it might take years and even decades. But I sense, of course, uh, what everybody thinking about now is uh, have people, uh, you, you know, be concerned enough about lockdown and the taking away of our liberty since 9-11. Are they willing to step up? And it will be because they have to, because they uh, have to get away from a failed system. Uh, but uh, there's always a lot of roadblocks and uh, the people and the authoritarians, the, the people in charge aren't going to walk away easily. They're not going to throw in a towel and say, you know, I guess those guys are right and this doesn't look good for us. I think we'll quit. No, they become, uh, uh, you know, more authoritarian to see how long they can last until they finally destroy it. And once again, we have to consider what is going to be re uh, replacing it. You know, this idea of choice is, is interesting to me because what you're doing, everything we do is making a choice. I mean, when you get up in the morning and the rest of the day, the all your life, you're always making choices. I want this, go here, how you spend your time. And so when you, when you pick, uh, if an American citizen uh, out of desperation uh, makes a, uh, a choice that, well, you know, I think I'm going to move to a country that looks a little bit freer than America. Uh, he's making a choice, which we think people should have. But the whole thing is, he's discriminating against America. This whole idea that if you make a choice, that if it isn't you, the choice they think you should make, then they paint it as something horrible, that you're discriminating. And yet, I think it's going to be very, I think choices, you know, is really very natural. And uh, yet, the discrimination that I saw and the choices I saw being made in the U.S. Congress, I found that to be a little, a little less, uh, uh, a little uglier, so to speak, because there was a lot of negative discrimination and they weren't doing it because they were doing something very positive and trying to improve themselves or improve the country. They were doing it to rearrange the chairs and rearrange the welfare and reward 
the people who pay their way into these plush jobs in Washington. And that is not only the members of the government and the elected members as much as the thousands and thousands of the, the bureaucrats who love it as well. And they're going to also have an influence. So uh, they, they, don't, uh, uh, they, they don't want you to make choices. So then if you don't do the right one, they, oh, he discriminated. You know, he didn't do the right thing. I think that's uh, uh, wrong. Matter of fact, I think to, uh, to be discriminate is probably very positive. It means you thought about it and decided, well, you know, uh, what if, what if you're, uh, uh, you're picking your friends or your kids are picking friends and you, you, you pick and choose and you become discriminate. You don't want your kids hanging around with the ones that are likely to lead them astray. Uh, and then they turn that something into being ugly. But it happens to be that choice, freedom, and liberty will not be perfect, but it'll be a lot better than deciding what the government should do and make all these decisions and then preach that they are holier than thou because they made the proper decision for everybody's choice. Very good, Dr. Paul. <clears throat> I will make my closing statement now. Uh, as faith in centralization unravels, it leaves a fertile field for the seeds of liberty, for the ideas of liberty. And all that's required of us is for us just to speak, because the ideas of liberty, they do not come from one single mouth. There is no central plan for this. It comes from many decentralized mouths, so to speak. And that includes you, that includes me, Jeff Deist, Ron Paul, all of us to just speak. And the goal when we're speaking is not to manage or remake other people. We're not progressives looking to perfect others. You know, we're here just to offer a tool, you know, that can help others if they embrace it. Picture walking down a beach, you see somebody struggling, they're trying to catch fish with their bare hands and they just can't do it. So you walk over and you hand them a fishing rod. That's what we're doing. We're, and we're leaving it up to them. You could give this guy a fishing rod, he could snap it in two and throw it in the ocean if he wants. That's his call, that's not up for us. That's what we do with the ideas of liberty. We offer it as something that, hey, this can help you. This can help you have a better life if you embrace it, but it's up to you. Voluntary interactions, no violence or force to get what you want. No uh, violence or force by proxy, by using politicians to get what you want. And boy, when this idea of liberty, you know, is embraced by enough people, like it was in early America, then wow, great things will happen on a very large scale. Very good, uh, Chris. And I, I want to go ahead and close by talking a little bit about uh, exactly the same points that uh, Chris has mentioned. And uh, I, I think these last couple years has uh, gone a long way in precipitating a lot more interested in the subject that we're talking about uh, because it's sort of near, uh, nearing that climactic end. Uh, these discussions have been going on for years. They probably went on at the time of the founding of the country, arguing, you know, what the government should do and, and warning about it. All my life I've heard people warning about the debt and uh, uh, all the things that the government does. But now it seems to be a little bit different. I think uh, when, when you look at the deficits and the debt that goes on, but also uh, people do sense, especially uh, individuals like myself, uh, we, we think it's very, very dangerous that we're nearing the climactic end of the dollar being reserve currency of the world. 
And that is rejecting not only our national government manipulating of the currency, but the world running on a currency uh, that is, is not uh, an honest currency. And uh, therefore, we're moving away. And that is, that is a, a, a big event that's happening right now. Also, I think what's happening here, uh, probably you could start with 9-11, but especially with COVID, the people, uh, although there was a tremendous uh, uh, introduction of the government into our personal liberties after 9-11, like with the Patriot Act, you know, we always found an enemy that did something to us, but it seems like the people get the punishment. That happened at 9-11. We got the TSA uh, because of what happened. And and even, even now, because there was a virus out there and the government took over medicine and they were going to take care of us and make sure we were safe safe from that monster, uh, it turned out that they were totally inept, very inefficient, violated the principles of liberty, violated the principles of science, violated the principles of medical care, and uh, things got much worse. And the people still, there's a lot who believe this, but not as many as there used to be, they're saying, you know, I don't think the government's very good at practicing medicine. I, I think that that is becoming a realization, and that's why the people are saying, you know, uh, maybe we ought to look. And some of the some of the treatments for COVID turn out to be not complicated, not expensive, and been around for years and years. And yet they're still going into these highfalutin vaccines that may or may not work, and uh, and there are complications and much more expensive. And people make a lot of money off it, and uh, the decision making is quite a bit different. That should be. So I think all those things have added up, whether it's our financial problems, the dollar problems, uh, the deficit we have, and uh, also the things that have happened after 9-11. Matter of fact, even some things started to happen moving in this direction within the 1960s. We had some rough times there and in the 70s. It's all been accumulated. It's been pushed aside. But now here it is. And I think I think the bubble of interventionism is bigger than ever, and the inefficiency is worse than ever. And there is an alternative, and that's why we like Jeff's article because he he's suggesting there is an alternative. It's not that bad, you know. We make use of it, and I always argue we have a tradition. This is a lot different than dealing with a nation that never had an ounce of understanding what personal liberty was all about, and uh, and yet we have, we know about it. We we at one time knew what sound money was all about but for the past 50 years we've totally destroyed that concept so I think uh, uh, this is an awakening for us to say where have we been what has worked what is principled who was on the side of truth and who was on the side of science and there will be a debate going on but what we're trying to do here with this program is not so much say that we have all the final answers on every debate we know exactly which drug you should do and we know perfect medicine no that's not it but we would like to see a lot more debate on all the issues and the decisions being made differently. Not by the bureaucrats and not by the powerful rich lobbyists, but by individuals as close to home as possible. And that, I think, is, uh, is very good news. And that's the way uh, the country started in small groups of people. Matter of fact, the school system at the very beginning was usually when uh, settlers uh, would go out and settle in our country as soon as they had about six or seven family they could pay a teacher to come and teach our kids it was it was so much different and right now you know look at <clears throat> look at the inefficiency 
uh, and the terrible results of what's happening uh, with our government schools run. And if you look at what's happening, uh, leave, there are tens of thousands of people leaving. Many of them are going to homeschooling and private schooling and uh, just our own experience with the Ron Paul uh, schooling program is uh, it's, it's grown leaps and bounds because people are looking for options. So I, I do think that uh, there's a lot of evidence out there to show that uh, people are waking up, there are options, and they're not all terrible. But we also have to have our guard up because there will be other sides who will not want to give up their power and they will not want to back away and cave in until the very end. So uh, as usual throughout history this has occurred, there will also be a competition. But the reason why I'm optimistic is I think the power of our ideas of liberty far exceed anything they can present. Because not only do I think that uh, liberty is a moral issue, it's a practical issue, and it uh, adheres to the higher law rather than to the bureaucratic laws or the laws of, uh, of uh, CDC. So I'm, I'm very pleased with the direction it's going, but we have a long way to go. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to our program on a regular basis. And I was delighted meeting many of you at our convention this past weekend. Please come back soon to the Liberty Report.